Hey guys. Hey everybody. I'm Grace. I'm Joy. And this is Murder by Murder, a history of the world as told in 225 murders. <laughs> I'm so sorry about our upload schedule. We're, we're just, just starting out. We're just starting out. We're still two college students, and stuff has been really, really crazy, but we do sincerely apologize. We are going to try and be much better about uploading on a consistent schedule, and if we ever cannot upload on a consistent schedule, we will let you know on our social media platforms, and we will give a reason as to why we can't. And I promise that we're not actively neglecting our listeners we are so thankful to the few people who are already listening to us we already love you guys we're so thankful for everybody who has shown us support on the podcast on our social media pages everyone who's listened thank you so much yeah seriously we're so grateful we're we love that you guys are listening and enjoying it yeah it makes us friends it makes us really happy i mean we'd be happy if just one person listened but the fact that there are more people out there that are enjoying it means a lot to us and especially it's reaching an international audience which is yeah. exactly what we wanted to do with this podcast and that makes us so happy yeah. especially since we're doing international case like national cases exactly like, it's insane yeah so thank you so much for that so before we get into today's case um we have something a little bit heavy that we do want to address really quickly and really quick trigger warning for suicide if that is concerning for you in any way shape or form please feel free to skip ahead and we will see you at the case so this is kind of a personal thing for me but uh, a very dear friend of mine um, recently jumped to his death in New York City uh, and died very, very violently. Uh, his name is Dale Cheney, and I grew up with him and his children in particular. I was very close with them, and I'm not going to say their names for privacy purposes because some of them are still minors. And some of the articles and the reports that I have been reading about his death have been disgusting, absolutely horrific. And the reason why we wanted to bring this up is because we felt very strongly, not just because this is something that I have a personal connection to, but because we feel like this is indicative of a much larger problem in our society about the way that we treat victims. It doesn't matter to me what it was that he was doing in the days prior to his death. I don't care how much money he made, what kind of car he drove, any of that. What I care is that a man died and that he has now left behind a wife and five children. Like, I, I don't even, like, what do you say to that? 
And I find it so disgusting that there are reporters going to Mrs. Cheney's house, knocking on the door, asking for a comment, trying to talk to her kids. How dare they? It's just awful. And obviously this is not the first time, and it unfortunately will not be the last, that this happens to victims and the families of victims. And we, as a society, need to rethink the way that we approach how we talk to victims and the families of victims, because even though this is not necessarily a true crime case because, you know, he did commit suicide, that does not mean that he or his family are, especially his family, are any less victims in this situation. Truly. It's, it's awful how the media takes stories and just runs with it and doesn't give any time to grieve. Mm-hmm. No time. Like, they talk about the, the new... I read a New York Post article that talks about the fact that he, gro- he drove a Grand Jeep Cherokee or something. Yeah. And like basically saying that his wealthy lifestyle was some was the reason that led to the decline of his mental health and the ultimate reason why, why he decided to end his life what i remember about that car was that his wife woke up every single morning at 4:30 a.m. to take me and her daughter to school in that car That's what I remember. That's what I hold on to. So we just wanted to bring this up and we understand that this is a really tough subject and it is really triggering for some people, but it is really important to us that this is something that people are aware of. We want to use our platform, no matter how small it is, to bring up important subjects like these, to talk about them, to spread awareness, because every single life matters, every single life has value, and every single life should be treated with respect both in life and after life. Unless you're a murderer, then screw you. <laughs> Speaking of murderers. So honestly, we just wanted to make, just to bring it out, speak up about something that isn't right. Just the media in general with how they treat victims and cases like it doesn't matter the case is awful it doesn't matter if you if like the media really thinks that this one person did this thing or whatever they just they hammer on people so hard they just keep going at people until they can't take it anymore and it's awful mm-hmm I hate it with a burning passion because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awful how the media treats people. 
So, all that being said, thank you for listening to what it is that we have to say. We really appreciate it. But we do know what you came here for, and that is to talk about Belgium. So, without further ado, let's get into it. As always, we want to start off this case with just a quick trigger warning. As you can tell by our name, this case has murder. Nothing special? Nope. Oh, just a straight Classic murder. case of murder. Nice. I mean, not nice, but like... <laughs> <laughs> not nice. Joy, what are you saying? But like, it's... It's... Like, it's nice not to have any excessive violence in one of our cases. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's like, it's awful that Yeah, I needed happened. something a little bit more tame. Which is totally fair. Belgium, I think they're hiding something. <laughs> our really good friend uh, Elaine said that to us, and yes, that is we why we decided her. to do uh, Belgium next. So, <laughs> very excited for this. So let's talk about our victim, Charles Deline, because we've just spent a bunch of time saying that victims' lives matter, so let's talk about him. So, he was born on September 12th in 1895, Ooh, and he was, yes, so we're going back in time. He was a Belgian speed skater, um, and he competed in four events at the 1936 Winter Olympics. Uh, yeah, and his best result was 28th place in the 10,000 meters. Um, he is lovingly known as the slowest speed skater in Olympic game history. (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh! Respect respect the deceased! I am respecting the deceased. (laughs) I'm laughing at the nickname people gave him. Yeah. And, but to be fair, he was 40 years old when he competed at the Olympics, which is very impressive, the fact that he made it to the Olympics at 40. Yeah, props. So, it snaps. Yes. Um, he, we don't know, I couldn't find anything about his childhood or his early years, but as an adult, he was a successful businessman. He ran a seed company, and he was also a decorated officer. He fought in World War I. Uh, and he was part of a Belgian underground movement during World War II oh. to help rescue uh, Allied pilots that were downed by German forces. Huh. Yeah, so... That's really interesting. It's really cool, and just to like give you a little bit of background on this, so within Belgium, there was resistance, and it was kind of cut up into a couple different organizations, and it was divided by region and then political stances. So it was both men and women, and Belgium is kind of divided into the Walloon and the Flemish parts of the country. That's why there's so many languages in Belgium, because they speak Flemish, they speak French. So they would sabotage military infrastructure, and they would assassinate collaborators, like German collaborators, or Axis power collaborators, that's what they're called. I brain fart. So, but they would also publish uh, newspapers, oh, cool. spreading spreading the good word of the allied <laughs> allied powers. Mm-hmm. Um, they would gather intelligence and they would maintain escape networks 
that helped Allied airmen trapped behind enemy lines escape from a German-occupied Europe. That's so cool. It's really, really cool. That's really Incredibly cool. impressive. And there was one specific one that I found really interesting. I have no idea whether or not Charles Dineen was actually a part of this one, but I just found it so cool that I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So it was called the Comet Line, okay. and it began in Brussels, and they helped Allied soldiers and airmen that were shot down over the occupied Belgium. And they would help them to evade capture by German soldiers, because Ooh. Belgium is occupied by yeah. Germans at this time, and it would help them return to Great Britain. So it started in Brussels, and that was where the airmen, they were fed, they were clothed, and false identity papers were forged for them, and they were hidden in, like, attics and cellars and basements and all that stuff. That's so cool. There was a massive network of volunteers that then escorted them down south through Belgium, into occupied France, then through Spain, which was neutral, mm -hmm. and then home through uh, the Strait of Gibraltar, which was controlled by the British, or the English Channel, which was also controlled by the British, because it's the English Channel. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had the motto, um, Pugna Quin Percutias, which means fight without arms, because they fiercely believed that they could fight without any armed or violent resistance to the German occupation. Love that. So again, I have no knowledge as if Deneen was a member of the Comet Line specifically or another branch of the resistance, right. but I just think that, first of all, to all of the men and women who were a part of that, thank you. Yes. You're incredible. Yeah. I, I can't believe I didn't know about this beforehand because Me it's either. amazing. It's so cool. And, yeah. This is great information. I know, so cool. Like, I'm gonna bring this up at parties and stuff and be let's like, go. look what I know. <laughs> so, let's talk about our murderer. Alright. So, she was born. Ooh, she. Mm-hmm. <gasps> we have a female killer in We our do, hands. and we love her. By the way, Female Criminals Podcast Network, love that show. You should listen to it. This is not an ad. I just love it. It's not an ad. I love the Podcast Network. Yes. Their, um, their podcasts Yeah, we're not popular enough amazing. for them to sponsor us, but, you know. No. Not, nor would they ever, but. No. But, <laughs> seriously, their podcasts are so good. So good. Anyways, she was born <laughs> September 19th, 1907 in okay. Brussels, Belgium. Uh, her name is Yvonne Gertz. Yvonne, made a name Gertz. Yvonne Gertz. Yes. All right. And she grew up in a wealthy Brussels family. Yeah. And again, not much about her childhood. It was mm -hmm. the early 1900s. Well, this is yeah. also in the middle of the World War One. And yeah. as I mentioned in our Greek episode, a lot of records, especially during the World Wars, gone, demolished. Yeah. Mostly mean, because courthouses and record houses were bombed i don't know where they hold records but dude <laughs> the point is is that due to the excessive violence and uh so many buildings were falling down yeah. and being bombed no, a makes... lot of the records were lost which is really sad it is sad but it kind of makes sense it does we don't have records it them. does so that's part of why i love doing research and like finding out information about people because it's so cool to be able to like yeah 
look into the past and see who these people were but that's besides the point anyways so she decided to train as a competitive figure skater and she made her debut in a competition in hungary budapest and it was in 1929 so she would have been 18 i believe uh at the world figure skating championship for women all right so she was the first single skater first female single skater from belgium to ever compete at the world championship uh and she did finish in last place but you know props for being the first female to compete yeah we'll we'll give her that at least you know right now um yeah right now yeah and her skating career was okay from so some sources said that he returned just like from work a couple sources said that he returned from a dangerous underground mission because he was still like involved with the military okay um i'm gonna go with the underground mission because that's more dramatic but i'm gonna say right now i have no idea which one okay um he found yvonne and jacob living there (gasps) No word on whether or not he, like, caught them in the act or anything, but he found Jacob there. There was a scuffle, and Charles kicked Jacob out for obvious reasons. Yeah. Because, you know, strange man living in your home. Yeah. That you did not invite there. Yeah. None of that. No. So, at this point, Yvonne, she's 42 years old, and she has fully developed an obsession with Jacob. Jacob, by the way, was... 32 so he's 10 years younger than her ah and she was furious that charles had you know put a stopper in her affair so mad so there was this um really interesting article um murder and called murder in the underground by ellery queen and she was a well-known true crime author uh-huh. in the 1950s good for her um we love that so i found the article through the skate guard blog spot and obviously i will link all of my sources in the show notes so uh the article said that quote she knew that if passion stood out as the motive she would be the obvious suspect so she set about creating a false motive to send the police off on a wild goose chase this woman built her false motive out of nothing less than a world war. Close quote. Dang. So. Also, just really quick, that author is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the prose? Yeah. We love. Dang what a queen. Bro. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> this woman, I gotta hand it to her, right? I hate it when, when murderers are smart, but she was smart. Yeah. Because she created two motives so that if one of them didn't work, there was another one that she could fall back on. Oh my gosh. So, and here's the thing, like, Charles was a national hero. Yeah. And she was a national hero by default because she was his wife. Also, they were Olympic figure skaters, right? If you competed in the Olympics... People know who People you are. People know who you are. And to this day, that still applies. Like, if no. you compete in the Olympics, like, that's an incredible feat. No, Which you is. should be praised for. Even getting to the Olympics is an incredible show. 
yeah. of athletic prowess. Like, you're talented. You're you can't talented. deny it anymore. No. So, one of the uh, members of the underground resistance who uh, the Deneens had worked with against the Germans was a chemist named Timmermans. Could not find a first name, only Timmermans. Okay. So she went to Timmermans and she said that her husband Charles was anti-Belgian. And he was using his connections to the resistance to betray other members of the resistance to the Gestapo. Oh my. Now, the Gestapo, for anybody who doesn't know, was the German not-so-secret police. Okay. They reported directly to Hitler and other high-powered uh, members of the Axis powers. Oh. Um, and it was their job to round up members of the resistance, uh, to round up Jews. It was, it, yeah, they were horrible, Ew. horrible people. Awful. Uh, disgusting. Uh-huh. Uh, and we care not for them. Nope. But, yeah, so they were the secret police, and they were the ones that you would you would snitch to if you were on the side of the Germans. Uh-huh. So, Timmermans was obviously very upset by this because he had worked very closely with Charles Yeah. in the underground. He was like, this is my friend. I can't I believe him. that he would do something like this. Yeah. But, you know, here's Yvonne being like, this is my husband, right? I know him. And I'm telling you that he's anti-Belgian. So Timmermans is a little bit stuck here. So he decides to send her to see Armand Michaels. Or Michels. Um, I'm going to go with Michels, but I can't be sure. Okay. Yeah. So he sent her to Armand. And he specialized in, quote, the execution of traitors. Oh, um, I don't like that. Uh Uh-huh. So, on November 14th, 1944, Uh Yvonne and Charles go out to Brussels to their second home. Brussels. Their second home is in Brussels. Oh. There you go. There you go. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) So, at 7 p.m., Alma Michel comes to the house and shot Charles Deline in the heart five times, fully convinced that Charles had betrayed Belgium. Uh, I'm just, wait, can you say that one more time? <laughs> At 7 p.m., or just after, uh-huh. Alma Michel came into the house, fully believing that Charles had betrayed Belgium, uh-huh. So with this in mind, he shot Charles five times for betraying his country. Okay, so this guy, like the executioner guy, just comes and shoots him because he fully believes that he was a betraying Belgium. Mm-hmm. So like, did he die? Because <laughs> he got shot in the heart five times. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so he... So basically... I don't know if you remember the name of the podcast that we're doing, but it's called Murder by Murder? <laughs> no, I do, but like... <laughs> I was... So she just orchestrated this entire thing. Well, who's like, to say? 
like she ordered it like she hired a hitman practically to go and kill her husband I don't know we'll talk about it we'll talk about it don't worry don't worry we'll get okay. to it we'll get to it okay continue <laughs> so the police obviously come right yeah they're like oh my gosh <laughs> a man has died I, I would be concerned if they hadn't. Right? So, and Yvonne tells them the truth. <laughs> How much of the She truth? tells them the truth. She's like, our mom Michelle came in and shot him five times because he believed that he betrayed Belgium. Or, my husband might have been shot by an agent of the Gestapo. Girlfriend, why did you just give to... <laughs> Here's the thing, though. It kind of was plausible. No, it was. It wasn't a bad explanation because no. the Gestapo had obviously suspected the Deline family of being involved in the underground resistance network for years during the Great War, but they had yeah. never had enough evidence to be able to catch him yeah. or arrest him. Right, that makes sense. And... But, like... You want to know what the catch is? What? Armand Michel used a German Luger gun to kill him. Well, so there the you fact go. that he was shot with a German Luger seemed to confirm the theory that he was actually shot by an agent of the Gestapo. Wow. Crazy. Okay, yeah, you're right. I hate it when murders are smart, but she's mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So, um, you know, here's the thing, though. Speaking of smart criminals, right? It's so interesting how the smartest criminals, as soon as they think they've gotten away with it, they become the stupidest people in the world. Usually, yeah. Like, BTK... I don't know if you guys have known anything about the BTK case, but Dennis Ryder, oh my gosh. The dumbest guy ever. So stupid. Like, IQ in the toilet. So dumb. Also, he's a disgusting piece of human garbage, but, like, that's besides the point. He's also just an idiot. Yeah. So, Yvonne, also an idiot. Because... What By the spring do? of 1945, so less than a couple months later, she's openly out with Jacob Hartog, dating him. And they're like, Girl. I thought your husband just died and you were supposed to be madly in love with him. And he was murdered violently, so why aren't you in mourning? Because he's just helped me so much. And... <laughs> through this such hard time and I just you know I just am so grateful for him <laughs> I mean maybe that's what she said <laughs> you sound exactly like an old friend of ours and I know you know exactly who uh -huh. I'm talking about well ex-friend of ours but you know we're not talking about we're that. not talking about that this is the murder show yeah <laughs> 
so she's openly out there with Jacob Hartog. So the police are like, huh. Hmm. Seems suspicious. That's suspicious. That's, That's weird. weird. So the police raid his room and they find a huge pile, stack, whatever, of love letters uh, from Yvonne to Jacob. Okay. And it has a ton of evidence regarding their love affair, which had been going on for a while now. Yeah. Um, and this led them to Timmermans, because okay. she mentioned that she was going to go talk to Timmermans. So the police then went to Timmermans. Timmermans right. was questioned. His testimony led to Michelle. They went to Michelle. Michelle confessed immediately. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Except, you know, he killed people because mm-hmm. they were betraying Belgium. But still, I just kind of feel bad for him for being conned into this. Yeah, I like, mean... Yeah, and especially because he was sentenced to a 15-year term in jail. Okay. Um, I do not know how much of that he served. I couldn't find any information beyond what the sentencing was, so I am just uh-huh. going to assume that he is that he served his full term. Yeah. And you know, he did kill somebody. Yeah. And that is not okay by no. any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Because as we've said, every life has value. Yeah. However, he would not have done it if it wasn't for Yvonne manipulating him taking advantage of his patriotism and making him believe that he was doing the right thing by eliminating somebody who he genuinely felt was a threat to his safety and the safety of his country yeah, and his countrymen. Exactly. So my heart does go out to him in that sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, He's still when you kill him. somebody, you do have to suffer the consequences and you do have to pay your debt to society. Exactly. So, uh, Yvonne, uh, escaped the death penalty. How? Because she didn't actually kill him. And okay. So, if you, do you remember, do you know the Patrizia Reggiani case? The what, 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 what? The Patrizia Reggiani case. No. She is the, okay, you see this, the movie House of Gucci? No. Okay, well... Really love for everybody who does know, that's the case where um, a woman who married into the famous Gucci fashion designer family uh-huh. uh, found out her husband was cheating on her, was going to leave her. She hired a man to kill him um, and got like 20 something years in prison. Okay. And the hitman himself was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. So even though Patrizia had arranged the whole thing, yeah. she didn't actually pull the trigger, I mean, so she got off much lighter. Okay. I mean, that's kind of... I, I understand that. In a sense. Yeah. I don't know. We, we, can, we can talk about this in a second. Let me wrap up with the... Yeah. Let me wrap out her fate. And you will be happy with it, because uh, she does get her just desserts. Okay. But she is sentenced to life in prison. Yeah! Um... And, however, into her, six years into her sentence, she was released. Why? Because she was dying of tuberculosis and she died almost immediately after she was released. Lucky. Which, here's the thing. 
I mean, dying of tuberculosis is not fun. Tuberculosis is a horrific disease. Yeah, it is. Um, however, I just think that people who die instead of serving their prison sentence are so lame. Like, yeah, except for you those... don't have the balls to stay and do your stint in prison? Right. Except for the ones that are, like, super, super dangerous. Except the ones that, like, if they were even alive and had the chance to get out, it would be awful. It would just be even worse. Are you thinking of someone in particular? No. Just, like, I know there's, like, some super dangerous people out there mm-hmm. that, like, I feel it was, like, that, like, I can live with them being dead mm-hmm. before, like, they, yeah, like, before, like, if after they've served some time, yeah, but not all of it, just because of, like, how dangerous they are. Right. Like, maybe Dahmer, are you thinking of? Like, Dahmer was murdered in prison. Like, I'm just saying, like, in general, I wasn't speaking, like, specifically. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. I can, I can understand that perspective for sure. And yeah. honestly, I personally... But no, they should still suffer for everything that they yeah. did to people. Yeah. And personally, I am a little bit iffy on the death penalty, um, yeah. No, I don't think it applies anymore. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't sentence anyone to death at all. Like, I... Yeah. There's a, there's a couple that I would, um, but I do think that it should only be used in extreme cases. I think that it no, is... Exactly. I think that some judges are a little bit trigger-happy, um, uh-huh. and I think that it is definitely racially biased towards um, black men and men of color. Yeah. Um, and so that is really unfortunate. It um, is unfortunate. And that is why I really struggle to support it in that sense but no. there are definitely some people that I'm no, like yeah you sense. yeah you does you deserve that like for you sure. should just you should just die you should just like you just shouldn't be here I anymore don't. what was that we were saying about every human life has value and all that <laughs> it does it does but like unless you're a murderer then screw you right that's what we said yeah, so exactly anyways so Jacob Hartog was also sentenced Because he knew about the plot to kill Charles Dinian. So, for his knowledge, he got three years in prison. Okay. um, But he was also released after a year, also because of advanced tuberculosis, and he also died very shortly after being released. Alright. I don't really know how I feel about him. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you knew about the fact that she was going to kill her husband and you did nothing to stop that. That yeah. says a lot about you. That's like, bro, really? You yeah. Want, you just want this girl so bad that you're willing to overlook She's not her that hot. Kill I've, her I, I will post pictures of her on her Instagram, but I mean... The, the, I need to see her. She's not to, that cute. I need to see this woman. This is what she looks like. Yeah. Like, okay, buddy, Jacob, my dude, um, <laughs> my brother in Christ. Really? You, you heard she wanted to, like, that she was conspiring to kill her husband, and you did nothing? Yeah, pretty much. Bro. Also, she's She's, like, ten years older than you. Yup. Wow. That guy had some interesting thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) 
What a man. Uh, Truly. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Anyways, so... Yeah, no. Thus concludes the tragic but sadly well-organized murder yeah. of Charles Dineen. Well, we're good. Yeah. But the good thing is, is that justice was served. It was served. And the proper people were um, given we're, their we're just desserts. Out. Yep. Which, it's always nice to have a case where... It gets You know, justice gets served. And I definitely feel, like, better about this case than I did with, like, uh, our Mother Rasputin case, our Greek case. I know, I can't. <laughs> you, okay, you guys can't see Joy's face, but I think oh, she so. will never forgive me for the Mother Rasputin case. No. She hates it. I hate her. Like, for why? Because <laughs> she's a terrible person. She's awful. Anyways. Anyway, unlike that one, keep going. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel a, like more satisfaction with this than I did with that one. No, 100%. Even though she got sentenced, like, she died like three years into her oh. sentence in this. I don't know, I just, I feel better about this one yeah. because. This is, this is probably our best felt, like. Yeah. The, like, satisfactory justice. Yeah, and it's all, you know, it's good to have that feeling every once in a while. No, 100%. Because, yeah. Like, with the Swiss Guard, we don't even really know what happened. Yeah. I mean, we know there's the official story, and then there's the real story. Yeah. And like, fortunately, the people who can tell us the real story are no longer here. Yeah. Which is very sad. Yeah. But. It's sad about cases like that where we won't know the, well, we were, we will never know. I know. Happens. Actually, okay, so Joy and I were talking about this um, a couple weeks ago, about the one case yeah. What is the one case that you would want to know yeah. the story of what happened? Like, if you could... The answer. Yeah. What was the, what's the full story? What's the answer? What happened? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. What case did you say? Um, Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. Right. Yeah. And I think, for me, I said Elisa Lamb. You did say Elisa Lamb, which is valid. Yeah. That one messes with me. It does. It's a messy, messy it's a case. Messy case. If you guys don't know anything about either one of those cases, definitely go and look them up. Yeah. There are some incredible podcasts and documentaries and documentaries out there. Um, I really recommend the Morbid podcast um, or the Crime Junkie podcast. Both of them did great episodes on Elisa Lamb. Yeah. Um, um, there's a couple of documentaries on Peacock for Casey and, um, so, Kaylee Anthony and Casey, Casey Anthony, like, it's, um, it's not a double murder, but those are, like, the two names, because it's a mother and a daughter. Mm -hmm. The daughter, unfortunately, passed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that one's a, it's, it's weird. That's there's two, case. there's two, um, documentaries on Peacock. Yeah, so those are crazy again not ads we just love hyping other people up because we're here for positivity exactly good vibes good vibes anyways please follow us on social media at murder by murder podcast uh on instagram and twitter yeah um you can email us at murder by murder podcast murder by murder podcast at gmail.com yep, yep. had to double check that with joy 
Um, and yeah. we hope you keep listening. Yeah, seriously, please contact us. Like, we want to hear. We, we want to hear, hear from, from you guys. guys. Makes us so happy. Yeah. And we're so glad that you're on this crazy journey with us. So happy. We will see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.